sing that together one more time. Thank you, Lord, He has forgiven me. My sins have been washed from His memory by the Hallelujah. So thankful for the blood of the Lamb this morning. And for the sea of God's forgetfulness. Isn't that wonderful? And there's a sign that somebody said, no fishing. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. Can't be brought up. Praise God. Well, let's sing, it was a great thing that he did for me. Amen. It was a great thing that he did for
Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. Well, it's wonderful to be in the house of God. The other day, I was at work. I was working late. And I got a call from Brother Alan King. And he said, Brother Nathan, I want to play this for you. And he pulled up a message from Brother Branham. And Brother Branham was singing, When the Saints Go Marching In. Brother Branham was having a good time. And we're going to have a good time this morning. Amen. When the saints go marching in. I'm going to sing this for you, Brother Allen. And we're going to sing it for Jesus. Amen. We're going to stand up. Praise God. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Amen. I feel good this morning. I feel really good. I'm just so happy to be a child of God. Amen. I am just... A weary pilgrim Tramping through this world of sin On my way to that fair city Oh, where the saints go marching in Oh, when the saints go marching in Oh, when
Amen. Praise God. We're not hoping. We're not wondering. We've got a absolute. We know that we know that we know. Our sins have been washed. We've been cleansed. We've been filled. And we're marching in. We're the bride of Jesus Christ. Mrs. Jesus Christ. Isn't that wonderful? My, when you think about it, just how the Lord Jesus has been so wonderful and mindful of us, filled our hearts with joy. Amen? Praise God. Amen. Maybe we can just sing a little chorus before we go to prayer. Jesus, draw me close. Key of F, I believe. Jesus, draw me close.
there's a request here for Sister Catherine. I'm not sure who Sister Catherine is, but uh, we just want to remember her in prayer. She's going to have a medical procedure on Tuesday. And we just want to remember that need and that everything will go well. And then we just want to remember Brother Mike Waldner gave me a request here for uh, Brother Abe Dick. He had a very serious fall, and he's uh, on life supports in the hospital. And uh, it's going to take a miracle, and we're believers. And we know that God holds everything in his hands. And I sang this song, Oh, What a Friend, because I was thinking about our brother Abe laying in the hospital this morning. And uh, we know that our brother has had a, a hard way to go in, his, in this life. He's been uh, troubled in many ways. But uh, I know that the Lord has been dealing in his life. So we just want to bring that need before God and that God would have his way. If it's God's will to raise him up, we know that he is able. If it's Brother Abe's time to go home, and he's ready to go, then that's exactly what we want. Amen? So we just want to bring that before the Lord in prayer. Brother Mike, would I be able to ask you to come and pray with us this morning? I appreciate that. Maybe just before he comes, we'll just sing that last, and just come, brothers, and we'll take up the offering as well. And um, He knows the way my road is wending. He knows the way my road is wending. He can see around my pathway sending. He'll take me through when day. Heavenly Father, Lord, indeed there's a rejoicing in the camp of the saints of God this morning, Lord, as we're so thrilled that we can come to your house to worship. We can lift up our hands, we can let our voices shout out, Lord, how we love you, how we praise you, glorify you in worship, Lord, as we, Lord, let you know that you are our God. Lord, none of the, the things of this world are our God. None of the, the desires of this world are our God. But you are our God. You are our Savior. You are our King. You are our ruler. You are our everything, Lord. And I so appreciate it, Brother Murphy, when he spoke, Lord, just a few services ago. And that preeminence that we give you is wiping everything else out of our life. And you remain. That's preeminence. So, Lord, may that be the be our, our prayer this morning. If there's something, Lord, in our lives that is in the way, that is, that is before you, that is even on the same tier, may we wipe it away this morning. Lord, that you alone have preeminence in this service, in our life, and everything in your worship this morning, that you be praised this morning, Lord. 
We so love you, Lord. This is not just a form. This is not just a Sunday morning form. But Lord, this is, Lord, our, our worship and our love and adoration. For Lord, you, we serve you, Lord. Our longing is to be with you. Our desire is to be with you. Just, Lord, as you desire to be with us. And so we pray, Lord, that you would be present this morning in the homes that would be streaming with our precious brothers and sisters on the U.S. side. Lord, be in their home as well this morning. May your same anointing and same presence, Lord, be so tangible to each one today. And Lord, thinking of brother Abe, Lord, in a hospital room right now. Lord, it, right on the edge of what we would call this life, Lord, this mortality. Lord, you hold our lives in your hands. And Lord, we're desiring your perfect will be done for brother Abe. Lord, that friend that we spoke about and sung about even moments ago, would you be present in that little room? Lord, if you're desiring to take them home, that is your will. Lord, we, Lord, just submit to your will, Lord. And you would give us strength and the family courage, Lord. But if it be your will, as brother Nathan said, we're believers this morning. Lord, a miracle is nothing to you, O God. And so whatever it be, we believe, Lord. And we claim your promise, Lord. If your will be done, heal him, we pray in Jesus Christ's name. Take all these sickness, Lord, the bleeding of the blood. Lord, every aspect of the body, resurrect if it be your will, for we believe it in Jesus Christ's name this morning. Our sister Catherine, Lord, having a medical procedure. Lord, they don't pen these these little requests down just, just out of, Lord, just casualness, but because there's a people that can reach the throne of God. Lord, not just my prayer, but the prayer of your people this morning that are also holding on to the horns of the altar for these needs, Lord. And, and many before us, Brother Milko, Lord, remembering him. Brother Henry, Lord, remembering him. Lord, meet our people's needs, we pray in Jesus Christ's name. Lord, this morning, would your, would your servant come to speak her word? May, Lord, it be direct to each individual heart. I marvel, Lord, that your word can be so unique, so individual. There can be several hundred, Lord, maybe listening, but your word goes forth and it can directly speak, Lord, and deal with and deliver and loose and heal. Lord, brother, you are that God. You are that personal God. So be personal this morning, we pray to the congregation, both present and not present in Jesus Christ's name. Have your way today. Bless the offering, Lord. We commit it to you. Use it for your glory. Use it to get this word word to your people. Use it to spread this message of this day to the nations abroad, Lord. We commit it to you in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. You can have your seats this morning as they take up the offering. Just thank each and every one of you for, for coming out this morning and enjoy the service and we just want to wish God's blessing on you and all those that are streaming with us as our brother Mike prayed, our brothers and sisters on the American side. We just pray that God will just bless you richly and may those borders open up quickly. Amen. That's our desire this morning and I just want to say we just want to thank each and every one both here and uh, those that are streaming with us, we just had a wonderful time yesterday at my son's wedding. Brother Oren and Sister Amberly were united in marriage, and it was just a really lovely day, and we're so happy that uh, that could take place. It's just, I'm, I'm really happy. I'm a proud papa. <laughs> so very, very happy to have a, a wonderful young lady to be a part of our, our family and to join us. 
and it was so nice. It was uh, Sister Rhonda Riddell. She she FaceTimes with her parents in Oklahoma, and regularly she has them connected for the services here. And so yesterday she she had them on FaceTime a lot of the day, and um, so for the evening uh, meal, then she had her father pray with us, and uh, so it was just so nice to hear our brother Raymond Butler pray with us, and um, he's just a stalwart soldier of the faith, and um, yeah, just a real precious brother and his, and his wife, and I actually haven't had a whole lot of interaction with Raymond Butler, they, they moved away shortly after we moved here, but I just uh, feel a real affinity to him, and made the Maybe on this side we'll have a meeting. If we don't, then we'll enjoy the eternities together. Amen. Well, we're going to invite our brother Tom to uh, come and minister. And I was just reflecting. I was actually listening to uh, Brother Ron Spencer speak this morning. And I, I, yeah, I, you know, I think I'm going to start calling him the coach. He's just an uh, amazing man. And, you know, he's just inspiring the people and you know there's there's something about real ministry you know brother tom and brother ed and just the different ones and brother tim brother murphy and brother mike and um brother john andes and there's uh just something about it that you know brother brown talks about the uh firemen you know, he talks about that fire in, in, in Jeffersonville and how that Jeff Fire Department, he came over there and the fireman, he was just standing on the ground and squirt a little water here and squirt a little water there and squirt a little water over here and they had to call in New Albany to come and fight this fire because they couldn't put it out. Well, that fire chief knew what he was about and he was the first one up the ladder and he was the first one to throw the axe through the window and he's just saying, come on boys, let's go. Aren't you glad that you've got men of God that maybe they've gone through a lot of struggles and trials and, you know, testings along the way, but they're faithful to come to their post of duty and preach the Word of God with power, demonstration, inspiration. It's just wonderful, isn't it? Amen. And that just thrills my soul, you know, to to how, how the grace of God to us, just to have shepherds of the flock that He can minister through and encourage us and we're looking forward to the word of God coming forth this morning. Amen. I just like to sing another song of declaration and tell the devil that we're going through. Amen. I'm going through. I'm not turning back. I'm going through. Amen. I'm going through. I'm going through. Well, I'm going through. I'm going through. And I'll pay
declaration this morning. Thank you, Brother Nathan, for leading songs this morning and seeing all your bright, shining faces. As I looked in the monitor, I said, they're here, they're here, they're here. We've missed you all over this, what, year and a half, and now we're seeing the collective body coming together. We just need a one more move. We just need that border to open for our rest of the body to be together so we can enjoy one another. Well, it's... Uh, Tremendous time we're living in. Tremendous time. And I want to thank, where's Brother Kyle? I thought I saw him in the monitor. Where art thou? There he is. You're right in the glare, right behind you. The the light is right behind you. We want to thank you for doing such a wonderful, wonderful participation in the wedding and taking the service and then master of ceremony. You were a masterpiece on display. And we thank you, Brother Kyle, Sister Christina. Always nice to have you here. We love you dearly. We miss you, and maybe there's a little, I feel the pull. <laughs> God bless you. Greet the saints in, on the island for us, would you please? Amen. Well, in my heart and over my pocket here, I've been got a list of prayer requests. i got a list of prayer requests. Um, these are very needy. These are very needy. It's uh, Brother Caleb, are you here? Is he working amongst the, the people, Hannah? Is Caleb upstairs? Okay. He had a, um, a worker at work that he was working with, and they called me up, and his, his name was Phil, and his wife is Eris, and uh, doctors gave her a prognosis that her liver was uh, dying. So it was uh, a wonderful thing that you know that the brothers are on the job witnessing, and uh, the gentleman had enough confidence in Brother Caleb, and then called us for prayer so that is a tremendous thing brother henry i know these have been mentioned but i would like to mention them again so that through the week we could remember them before the throne of grace brother biscal and his situation also brother abe dick i know that was mentioned he's on life support um i was just saying to one of the i think it to john waldner that abe over the years he's always been uh, um Brother, always brought a smile to your face. And if he could ever do something for you, he would show up out of the blue and he would do anything around our home and help us. And then, of course, you know, the enemy comes in and there's a little bit of struggle. And another, I think it was you, Michael, that he texted and said he'd like to just come back. And man, the devil was right there to take him down. So we want to remember Brother Abe Dick. We want to remember Brother Milko. Brother Sterling, he went through his operation and all's well. He was quick to phone me up. He said, all is well. I said, well, praise the Lord. Brother Sterling, all is well. So we want to remember also Brother Ellie and Brother Gabe and Sister Jewelan, all that God's moving. You know, the devil is going to be right there to try and steal a seed. But we're going to resist him in the name of Jesus Christ. And we're going to stand as a church of the living God to defeat the enemy in all his tactics. So God bless you. Just remember these ones in prayer. I'm going to keep them with me here. And I just desire that the Holy Spirit would move in a supernatural way. Amen. Well, I've got also a little bit of a a song I wanted to sing too, Nathan. And um, let's see what have I got here. The same God. Let's stand. I look back on history, I see the mighty God of faith. 
Might as well rejoice because that same God that's dwelling in you is going to pack you away in a rapture change. And if you don't have it, you better get it. Just say, Lord, let it be unto me according to thy word. Let the Holy Spirit move over my soul. Amen. What an hour we're living in. What a time and what a season. It's not a time to play church. It's not time to get religious. It's time to be sons of God. Time to be daughters of God. To start speaking what we are. And moving in the channel of the word of God for our hour. We're sick and tired of people just putting on religiosity. I'm done. Done. Saints, this is a move of God. This is not another religion that we believe in. This is the word. This is thus saith the Lord. And get out of your COVID headspace. Get the fog out of your mind. Concentrate on the word of God. And say amen to it. It's the time to rejoice. It's time to put on, thus saith the Lord, the word of God. Wow. There we go. It's all over. Let's go home. Let's turn to the Psalms, please. Psalms number uh, 139. Psalms 139. Hallelujah. I think Brother Kyle... Took a corner on the hallelujah side there at the, he just, he was saying my hallelujahs at a wedding. <laughs> so if you don't say your hallelujahs, I'm going to say my hallelujahs this morning. So Psalms 139, I'd like to read please verse 16 and follow along. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect. And in thy book all my members were written which is continuance, were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me. O God, how great is the sum of them. I'd like you to take special note of verse 17. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me. I'd like to preach a little message this morning on how great is the sum of God's thoughts. How great is the sum of God's thoughts. I'm not going to start at the beginning. When you do an equation and you get the sum total, it is the total of the equation. We're going to look at the total of the equation. We're not looking back on history, but we're looking at that God that is now living in a people. Amen. And so let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we've read your word. And your word is alive and it's a reality. I pray, Father, that you will inspire not just speaker, but also the hearer of the word of God. So blessed are your ears, for they hear 
what the Spirit would say to the church. Lord, we're looking to the author and finisher of our faith, not to man, but to the word of life. Would you bless your children, and may they be edified and built up into this great faith, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may have your seats. Look at verse 18. So we're talking about the thought, God's thought, what the thought of God is. Oh God, how great is the sum of them. I'd like you to take a special note now at verse 18. Can we read it together this Sunday morning? If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with thee. My, 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 my. Does God think of me? Well, let's just see what the Bible says. We just read, does God think of you? Now, think about the thoughts of God. I want you to just pay attention now and start to see that this is something that God is thinking of you on a continual basis. God is thinking of you individually. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me. Oh God, how great is the sum of them. How great is the sum of them. So then at the, at the sum, let's see what God's thought is at the end of ages. The sum of the thought for his bride, his church, his elect, his predestined. What's God's sum of me? What's God's sum of the bride? What's God's sum of you individually? What does God think of you, Ben? What do you think God thinks of you? Huh? He thinks you're lovely. <laughs> you know, hey, the devil beats you down all week. Can I, can I just lift you up a little bit? Now, you know, somehow there's a little bit of a quietness here. I was, I was hearing such wonderful singing. Now, let's just, let's just focus here. Now, think about what's God's thought of you? I don't care about what I think of you. You know, it seems like as we go in life, we've moved. I know the boys, as they grew up and went to high school and things, fashion became a good thing. And, you know, if they didn't wear certain things, how people thought of you. Did you ever go there? Did you have your classmates? And how important were your classmates? And you just, you, you just took your whole life in those three and four years of senior high school and you've channeled your thinking because of the thoughts of what people thought of you. How you dressed was how people thought of you. What you had to wear is what you, how people thought of you. And how you acted, how people thought of you. And, and then if you ever were chastised by your father or your mother at any one time in life. And they would say, I'm just highly disappointed in you, son. That was their thought of you, and how, did, how well did you feel? Not good. Not good. So their thoughts have an effect on our actions. God's thoughts have an effect. So I don't really care, and yet, you know, in some ways maybe I do, but not really what you think of me. So we can look around the room, and everybody's got an opinion and thought of what the other person is. You look around the room and say, he's out of it. She's not in it. And, oh, yeah, he's a good brother. Where'd that thought come from? And then you actually start acting out your thoughts. 
and you look around and you see certain people and you have an opinion of them. But it's not really the opinion I, I, of, of each other. Or if I said to David Adamora, David, what do you think of Dan? And I said, well, he's a great guy. He's a wonderful brother. Then I'd say, what do you think of me? Well, but you've got to come to the conclusion, I could care less what Brother David thought of me, as long as I know God's thoughts about me are good. Really, does it really matter what people think of you? We, our actions, are, you know, how, how many have shaken somebody's hand and, and you put on a nice smile, but just the other day you didn't really spoke nice of them. But when you saw them, hi, how you doing? Hmm? So then your actions aren't lining up to your thoughts. George, Brother George, nice to see you. I was hoping I'd see you this morning. My goodness. So you take the sum of these thoughts. And you add them up and you just say, Lord, I want to think your thoughts regarding your people. I want to think how you think of us. I want to see how you see us. We're, this is such an opinionated people age well i think and 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 they feed that thing in school to your children they do listen they feed it to your children maybe not at our little school but maybe in the public school they want you to think your thought um, speak your mind and what's your opinion of things and and it becomes then a part of our fabric of life and we start to see and think the way maybe the surrounding uh, atmosphere has now fashioned us. And so I don't really want to labor on that thought because you can come to that own, your own conclusion on what you think of each and, and every one of you. But let's start channeling what's the sum of God's thoughts regarding his bride. We're not starting at the first church age. We're not starting at the, of that sea going in the ground. We're not starting at, at, at the reformation. We're not start, we're, we've already moved on. So God had a thought for every age. And for every messenger there was a thought. And they caught the thought of God the prophet said. And then they spoke what God would have them speak. Because you can't speak until first it's a thought. And we have to catch the thought of God in all matters. That's why you need a daily diet of eating the Bible. Can I hear an amen? You have to have a daily diet of hearing the message. I'm sorry, friends. If you don't, we're missing now the thoughts of God. Because a messenger came, preached the unveiling of God, and said, let this mind that was in Christ be in you. So you need the mind of Christ to think like God. And so many people look at the message and they think what they think the message says. And then they use certain quotes to back up what they think the message says. And that becomes very dangerous. Because now you're viewing the message by your gray matter. And your gray matter doesn't mean nothing. Because as Brother Biscoe said, and I love the quote, he says, you're nothing but a speck of dust crawling over this ball called earth. And my God is a mighty God. He's a holy God. He's a righteous God. 
Not through your filter. Don't think through your filter. Think, think through the message that God has given us. More and more as we go on in life, we start to get affected by our own opinion. Whoa. Uh, one, that's right. That's great, Ricard. Thank you very much for that support. We get affected by our own thoughts. I don't want to think Tom Ray's thoughts. Somebody used it not too long ago, and I don't know whether it was Brother Biscoll or one of the brothers. But he had the, the devil sitting, sitting on the front of the uh, church steps, and he was crying. Well, that's a good place for him to be. And a parishioner was coming by him and said, what's the matter, devil? And he said, well, he says, they're blaming me for things I haven't even done yet. And so there's things that we come to conclusions with that we actually have a thought because we have free will. We're not puppets. We're sons and daughters of God. So God wants us to put on his mind and think like he thinks and speak like he speaks and act like he acts. Because if you put on God's thought, there's going to be an action that comes behind it. That's why he said, put my... I'll put thy words on your lips and they will change your thoughts and it will move you to act like a son and daughter of God. So if we could count up his thoughts, what he thinks of you. I count them and they would outnumber the son. Why? Does God think that much of us? Bible says so, so are you going to contradict the Bible? You got to speak what the Bible says. So then, there must be then an every day, every moment that God's got us on his mind. Hmm. I'm just going to take this a little slow because sometimes we need to anchor down. As Brother Michael said the other night, you got to clinch it and clinch it right. You got to make sure that it's, it has some stick to to you. And as I've often said, you know, the brothers would say, or we were in fellowship through the week, and I said, well, did you enjoy the service the other night? I said, oh, I so enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, I did. I, and then I'd say, what did they preach on? Oh, oh. And life gets so busy, you forget just two days ago what the whole service was about. And so this morning, I just want to take it a little bit slower so that you could digest what's being said so that maybe that there would be something that could help you in this great journey of life. We are, as the scripture says, let this mind that was in you, that was also in Christ. And that word let or it is, it's, I looked it up this morning and it says it's to allow. You're to allow then. You're, you're not to block, but you're to allow entrance of this mind to be in you, which was also in Christ. 
There's something about the word of God that will do its transforming work because there's power within that seed to transform itself. Jeremiah says this in Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. These are God's thoughts. God's thoughts. Brother Bram said in one place, but you will find the sum total. What's the sum of it? The sum total is of all perfection is in Christ. And if you're in Christ, you are in perfection. You have to make that declaration for yourself. Am I in Christ? Then God sees you in him. And being in him, Brother Bram said, all perfection is in him. Everything else fades into insignificance because it's him. So now we're slowly moving and trying to move us into the thoughts that God has, the sum of it in our day. The Bram said, God had a purpose and a hidden mystery that I want to speak on this to the church this morning. It's the hidden mystery of God that he had in his mind. So God has thoughts. And we want to know what God's thought is. Which I, I read the masterpiece. I know what the, the headship is and everything like that. I have probably read masterpiece 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 times. But, you know, what happens here are gray matter because smart people remember what they read. Unsmart people don't remember nothing. But we remember for the moment and God brings that alive. It's not a rereading of some message book, but it's a, it's a reliving of a message book. A reliving of a message book. So now it was a hidden mystery, hidden mystery. And we know then that the mystery of God is being revealed in this last day. Well, then if it's God's mystery, who's it being revealed to? And I remember in the log church, Brother Bisco preached the message on the mystery of God are those that are initiated. It means to be initiated into. And to be initiated into Christ to re, be initiated into this hidden mystery, God is trying to make known his thoughts. What does he think of us? I think a lot of us get beaten down by the devil himself by putting thoughts in your mind because you look in the mirror in the morning and the devil just reminds you, you're just not good enough. Who said so? What Bible are you reading from, devil? What message book have you got? And where's God standing beside you? As a matter of fact, you have nothing to do with God. And you have nothing to do with me. And I rebuke those thoughts that come into my mind. I'll take God's thought. I'll raise it up. And I am a son and daughter of God. If you can't live in this revelation of the mystery that's been revealed in this hour, Christ in you, the hope of glory, you are missing it. 
Oh, don't slow down again. His church. Who's his church? Jariah, are you his church? I, I got to admit, you got to be his church. Matthias, you're his church, right? We're his church. We are the church of the living God. He said his church is himself revealed. Oh, my goodness. You mean when I just really was unkind to that person or that sister or that brother or just out of sorts? Is that God in us being revealed? Or is that our flesh? But there's something that's deeper than our flesh. And Brother Bram said in things that are to be, that soul in you will pull your flesh to subject. Subjection to the word of God. And so I'm, I'm, I'm just really trying to get you to the end of this matter. His church is himself revealed. Now that's a pretty heavy statement. Really, Brother Tom? We are tabernacking God, and we the church is himself revealed? I'm speaking on how God thinks of you. Yes. That's why he that's why Brother Bram so often kept on saying he sees you through the blood. He doesn't see your mistakes. He sees you through the blood. That's why you every day as you're driving down the road, oh God, let that blood wash me. Let that blood cleanse me. Let my thought be your thought. It's more than just coming to Bible way. It's now the church is himself being revealed. So there's many things we have done, said, that hurt and maim and whatever. Murder. You say murder. A little drastic statement there. Brother Bram says, if you kill a man's influence, that's murder. Won't you walk with me, Jesus? Yes, sir. His church is himself revealed. Brother Ram says, amen. Do you see it? Expressed by the word itself. You're an expression of the word itself. That he is God. He being the bridegroom. The bride has come forth because it's a part of him. It can only be the manifestation of the fulfilling of all revelations. We have quoted this for years. But now I just want to emphasize it on this subject. The bride has to come forth. Because it's a part of him. You're not just a part of a, a local body here that gathers at, at a building called Cloverdale Bible Way. You are the church. And yet God has provided us a wonderful building. And we thank God for it. But we have to come forth because we are a part of him. 
And it can only be the manifestation of all the fulfillment of revelation. And any other that spoke of the bride. It can only manifest. The word can only manifest. You've got to have a right atmosphere. Right moisture. Right environment. You're seeing the trees today. They're dying everywhere. I've got, I had a, uh, a number, a nice number of cedar trees. I got about eight that are dying right now. They have no moisture. They're dying. The late, uh, people across the street from us, I think they got 15 or 18 dying trees. There's not a good environment. If we do something, because I want to make this personal, Brother Bram said, if it does something, we're talking about the bride, we're talking about the church. If it does something different from the groom, it isn't the bride. We do something that's not him. Because she is flesh of his flesh, bone of his bone, Life of his life. Power of his power. She is him. Now, how many of us have heard that quote? Huh? How many of us have, have reveled in that and start to understand that whatever Christ is, I am. But now a prophet is declaring to a people, prophesying a people. She is him. She is him. As man and woman are one, and the woman taken from his side, she had taken, he had taken the spirit, the feminist spirit from him, flesh from his side, both mechanics and dynamics, the wife, the spirit of him, the flesh of him, put it together and made the mechanics and the dynamics. So now God has thoughts of us. And if I think of my how can I do I, I hate to use my, children, my sons as examples, but they have been for the last 40 years, so I might as well continue. Or let, let me look at myself. If my father had an opinion regarding myself, and I esteem that person in high esteem, when they have a lesser opinion of you, because you've esteemed them, it hurts the most. We were just saying something in the office today, and somebody who's, we were just, you know, sharpening iron, sharpening iron moment. And I go, Ouch! Where did you get these wounds? I said, in the house of my friends. And it was on a lighter note than what I'm saying right now, but you start to think about, I admire Brother Joe Waldner. I admire him greatly. And if Brother Joe came to me and said, Brother Tom, you are indeed out of it. (laughs) Don't say that, Joe. Don't do that to me. I would be mortally wounded. But if... The neighbor said that to me. I just say, well, have a nice day. So when you esteem somebody higher, their thought and their opinion of them, you has a different kind of a mark in your life. 
And so we understand then that God has a great thought of us. And it's not of evil. It is only good. And his thought is not just to say there's an expected end, but to bring you to an expected end. God has a desire. You say, well, God has a desire? Of course God has a desire. Where did you get your desire? Brother Brown said, you couldn't, in the Easter seal, he said, you couldn't even desire this unless God put that desire in you. So God has a desire to see a people, a bride, to move into their manifestation, especially at this time of the end. Now it's ripe, he said, to bring him back exactly like he was in the beginning. His ministry, that same Jesus, with that same power, that same Holy Spirit, that same one that came down on the day of Pentecost is the same Holy Ghost that's manifesting today. From glory unto glory and it's back to its original seed. It's back to its original seed. With the baptism of the Holy Ghost. With the same signs. Wonders. Baptism. Same kind of people. Acting the same way. With the same power. It's from glory unto glory. And the next will be changed from this glory. Into that body. Like his own glorious body. Where we shall see him. The same one that Abraham saw. Where are our thoughts moving us? Where are our thoughts moving us? It's a, it's a, it's a a kind of subject that merits slowness, if that is a word. Think on these things. That are pure, holy, loving. Think on these things. They become thoughts. And if those are the thoughts that are dwelling in your mind, you will be speaking those things that are pure, holy, and true. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Jesus, Brother Bram said in 1964, God has provided a lamb. Jesus Is in our midst. The same one. That walked through Jericho. You sing the song. Mine eyes have seen. The glory of the coming of the Lord. Is that you sang that? Do you know that song? Battle hymn of the republic. Do you know the song? Yeah I know this song. I sing this song. Mine eyes have seen the glory. Of the coming of the Lord. But a lot of times. Those are just words you're singing. You're not thinking what you're seeing. But if you think what you're seeing, my eyes of understanding have been opened. And I see the glory of the coming of the Lord. Because a prophet came on the scene and said, behold, the same one that was anointing John the Baptist. Brother Bram said, that same anointing that was on him is the same one that was on Malachi 4. 
And John the Baptist caught the thought of God and said, Behold the Lamb that taketh away the sins of the world. And Brother Bram said, This one will say, Behold the Lamb in His coming. Come on, people. We are in the coming of the Lord. We're wrapping up. We're not playing church. I didn't want to start preaching because we got now new preachers and they're preachers. <laughs> Jesus is in her midst. The same one that walked through Jericho is amongst us. Think about it. God, rich in mercy, is amongst his people. It's not just a message here and a message here. It is collectively the Lord Jesus Christ. Get it out of your mind. Unveiling a God. Masterpiece. Christ the Mr. God revealed. It's all him. It's all him. The same one who spoke to the woman at the well. Just to give you an idea. A little class this morning, so give you an idea. I'll, I'll try to do it right in order, but it's give or take one or two. I looked up how many times Brother Brown mentioned Ruth in the Bible. Anybody know? I know you're all rambling through your mind. And Seventy sometimes? Seventy-two times? Something like that. So how about Rahab? How many times has Rahab been mentioned in the Bible or in the message? Rahab. Fifty-four times? How many times did he mention the woman at the well? Seven hundred and twenty times. The same God that went to that well is the same God that has come to your address to change your thoughts, change your mind, change your actions. My Bible happens to actually say that you are kings and priests. Is that true? Then what do priests do? They worship. They worship. But no, the church is getting refined. Refined. Now, I'm old now and I don't, I don't praise God. Don't get dead on me. Get alive. Alive. We are alive. That's God's thought of the church. A thriving body of Christ reflecting Him. Act like Him. Think like Him. What did Jesus say? Not my will, but thy will be done. We got so strong-willed here. Oh my, you don't want me to get on that subject. Strong-willed women. Antichrist. Everybody bow your heads, please. Yeah. But the opinionation of women is out of control. And you say, oh my goodness, Brother Tom, you're a bigot. No. No, I'm not a bigot. I am a word son of God. And weak men, as Brother Briscoe preached on years ago, is just as bad as a strong woman. Yes, dear, whatever you say, dear. Oh, my. 
Look at that. I didn't get an amen out of that one. Wow. Strong men. Take the word. High priest of a home. Give direction. You say, well, I don't know what my direction. Get on your knees. Pray an honest prayer. You get prayer out of your life, you're dead, saints. You watch just your intention to pray and phones will ring and people show up, bells and buzzers. Just the intention. Then when you go down, your phone just goes crazy. I, I, one time I just said, I said, Paul didn't have to deal with this. So I want to preach the same as Paul preached. Then I had to go find it. So then if Christ is in our midst, and God is telling us, Kim, we're, we're, I, I am so, so unctioned by this thought that people get so lackadaisical in their approach to this message. I'm not putting a meter on anymore. You just rejoice if you want to rejoice. If the shoe fits, wear it. But we start to understand the glory of God is on his people. If you want to see dead churches, there's a lot of them around here. You can go to it. But we are a living organism. We're a living organism with the very life of God beaten through her veins. It's God in her midst. The same one that walked through Jericho. The same one that knew Zacchaeus. The same one that knew Bartimaeus. It's the same one that knew the brothers when they got called out by a prophet. This same God. The same Lord Jesus. In the form of the Holy Spirit. He said is here tonight. If he's not here this morning. Then we've all missed it. If God is not here this morning, we missed it. But God is in the midst of her. The same Jesus in the form of the Holy Spirit is here. Doing the same things that he's done. The infallibility proving that he's the same yesterday, today and forever. Don't let creed, theology, cold spells choke you out. You are in the presence of Jesus Christ. Who made manifest among you. So now. If Jesus is here. Shouldn't we give him our best attention? If Jesus is in the midst of her. Shouldn't we. Just love him. Worship him. Adore him. Are you going to let somebody else wash his feet. When you have the opportunity. Don't be a, a flunky. Be that woman. Be that Mary. That took the hairs of her head and washed his feet. Don't sit there and just be like a bump on a log. Worship him. Glorify him. Hallelujah. He is worthy of it, saints. I can't praise him enough. Your children should be watching your parents. If you don't praise him, they won't praise him. Come on, come on. Just say that's true. You are the example to them. You don't come to church, they won't come to church. Don't play the part of a hypocrite. 
You're either a son of God, as the prophet said, in Christ the mystery God revealed. When those doors open, you're there. That's it. Sorry. Excuses I want. There's a guy got a peanut butter bowl in there if you want it. So one brother said, why didn't you come to church? He said, I ran out of peanut butter. Really? Really? Yeah, he said, well, one excuse is good than another. God is in the midst of his people. God is amongst his people again. I, don't, I, wouldn't, I, I couldn't live with myself if I saw the resurrected king after he came out of the tomb and he was amongst the 500. And he said, go tarry in Jerusalem, Tom. Go tarry in Jerusalem for you'll be endued with the power upon high. You go do that. Just do as your brother. Just do that. 380 didn't go. And 120 got filled with the glory of God. Amen. I want to go all the way. I don't want to be a halfway believer. I want to be an all the way believer. Amen. They got enough of halfway people in the message. Just come to church. Good thought. What a good thought. It's Christ. Yeah, you can play church. Go play church. Just go play church. Just don't play church here. Fire of God, don't burn on. Who sings that song? Burn on. Burn on. Oh, fire of God, please don't burn me on. Man, we see wildfires all over the place. We know what dry sticks. Do you use a wet stick to start a fire or a dry stick? Hey, Hudson, go get a wet branch that's leaning in the river here. We're going to start a fire, right? We're going to have a real good hunting trip. Yeah, you'll have nothing. You'll have raw meat for your hunt. But you want something that's combustible. Something that's combustible. That can get in the presence of God and the fire gets burning. And remember the priests in the Old Testament. There were priests that watched the burning candle. Never to let it burn out. Come on priests. Never let the fire of God burn out in me. Amen. But we let so many things take that fire away. So many things. Woman at the well, 720. Ruth, sorry, I got it corrected here. 145. Rahab, just over 70. 702 times a prophet quotes that woman at the well. The same God who spoke to the woman at the well. That same God living in me. What's God's thought? My, how precious are these thoughts. How precious. You have anything that's been precious to you? You cherish them. You cherish this thought. How precious is these thoughts. Thy thoughts unto me. God would think of me. God would think of Tom, right? And you, some of you young people, you just sit there and say, Oh, Brother Tom, and you were this and that, and look what God did for you. Somehow it gets... The equation goes wrong. We want the sum of it. 
That's part of the equation. But there's another part of the equation that the keeping power of God is as great as the delivering power of God. So young people, don't get down and say, oh, I never knew what the world was. It's the keeping power of God that is keeping you from my scars. Hallelujah. So how precious is this thought? It's marvelous. It's marvelous. How precious are these thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them. So David wrote it. It's one of the cherished psalms of the psalms. It's a glorious psalm. It's a David psalm. But you can put your name there, not David, and say, how precious, Lord, are your thoughts toward Tom. I cherish them. I hold them in high regard. Precious are their thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them. Can I give you a, a precious thought? Michael, this is one's for you. This is a precious thought. Because you're precious. The true church of Jesus Christ, the bride, is likened unto pure gold. Her righteousness is his righteousness. Her righteousness is his righteousness. Her attributes is his own glorious attributes. Oh my. Her identity is found in him. What he is, I am. I'm flesh of his flesh, bone of his bone, spirit of his spirit, life of his life. She is him. There's no, are you listening to this precious thought? Everybody looking at me? There is no fault in her. Come on. Great that should get you out of your seat. Glory to God. He doesn't see any fault. Any failure. Oh, saints. We're just starting on his thoughts about you. These are, this is better than a triple run or whatever they call it, Grand Slam. People go crazy at a baseball game, but not in the house of God. That was a grand slam. You know, when they get even a foul ball, not a home run ball, but a foul ball, everybody scurries after it. That's a dejected ball. That was one that didn't even make the game. People are clamoring over one another trying to get the ball. I'd love to see you clamoring to get the word. I'd just love to you push one another aside. I got it, Brother Tom. I got it. Yes, sir. Amen. There is no fault in her. Glory. She is all glorious. This is what God thought is of you. She is all glorious within and without. Hallelujah. From the beginning to the ending. She is the work of her Lord. All the work, all his works are perfect. So now, your thought of the brother that was imperfect. I'm trying to give you the thought of God regarding that sister next to you. So if you wouldn't mind turning around and looking at one, say, hello, perfection. 
<laughs> was that hard? Or was that easy? Depends on who's sitting beside you. I was going to have you stand up and shake the hand behind you, but, you know, that would be causing too much commotion. But now we're trying to see, this is God's thought. Let's get the sum of them now. We're at the end of the age. We're putting it all together. We're trying to let you know what God actually thinks of you. You're no fault in her. She's glorious within and without. From beginning to end, she's the work of the Lord. And his works are perfect. In fact, she is summed up in the manifestation of eternal wisdom. My goodness. Brother Frank, you're all summed up in God's eternal wisdom. Who would have thought of that, Brother Frank? We didn't have a clue what we believed when we first came. But now we're coming to the end time. We're coming to the closing of the age. And now I want to know what the sum of it is. What's God's thought of me and you? Oh, but we want the simple things. You should have left that one behind a long time ago. Saints, this is not, it's God revealed and hidden in simplicity. It's not hard, but you just have to believe it. When we say, now we are the sons of God, what does that actually mean? I'm telling you now, I'm telling you, what are the sons of God? What are the daughters of God? And what did I preach the last time? I said, don't wait any longer. She's here. Well, you say, Brother Tom, I really haven't caught that yet. Press in. Don't linger behind. Press in. Press on. In Jesus' name. Why? Because your Bible says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me some of the days of my life. Oh, there's some Bible believers here. All the days of my life, mercy and goodness. These are God's thoughts about you. Break out of your shell. Worship the living God. Hallelujah. Listen, I've been listening to Brother Biscoll since I was 21 years old. He's been the same man under the same burden with the same fire. Listen to me. Your prophet said, what your pastor is, you are. Come on. You know, I love Brother Bissell. We love him because it's God in him. I wish I had half his thoughts. But we're given a certain portion. But I'm catching what God's thought is of me. That's why I fail you be the best you you are. Man, I've missed you. Well, who are you? I'm the bride of Christ. Surely goodness and mercy. Victoria, will follow you all the days of your life. Not tomorrow, because tomorrow you've got to go to work. Just on Wednesday nights when you're getting ready for church. Every day, sister. Thank you. Every day. Did you catch that? Every day. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow you every day. This is the thought of God regarding you. It's not that he just follows you. If you look up the Hebrew, it means pursues you. 
He pursues you, Dan. He wants you. No, but we just want to sit around and play our games and do our thing and eat, drink, and be merry. No, sir. I'm pressing a kingdom. I don't want to be a rich young ruler and say, there's my barns. They are full. Look what I got now. I can retire. Saints, I'm not retiring from the presence of God in my life. I live to be in the presence of the Lord. I don't live off the laurels of what God did for me 20 years ago. I don't want to live off my old testimony. I want my new testimony. And what I see God's doing amongst us, I want to rejoice with the brothers. Rejoice with the mothers. Rejoice with the sisters. What is it? It's the Lord pursuing you. We give up on one another, but God will never give up on his elected. He will never give up on you. It will follow me all the days of my life. He will pursue me. He will run after me. He will eagerly run to secure me. That's why you can read in, it's the rising of the sun, Brother Dan. This is how you can read. He said, the resurrection came by your way. Why did the resurrection come by our way? As he said in rising of the sun. Why? Tell me, boys. Why did he come? Because you are his elected. You're his seed yet. He only pursues seed. You might as well rejoice. Jesus pursued me. He ran after me to secure me. Hallelujah. How many here got eternal life? I'm not ashamed of it. I certainly am not ashamed. He says now... If you got eternal life, tonight, if we have eternal life, then we were always. You didn't get, how can eternal start? It can't start. You always were in the thoughts of God. And now we're seeing the sum of it. She is the literal manifestation of his attribute. I'm not living Wesley's message, saints. I don't want to live Wesley's message. I'm living that plus. I'm living justification plus. I'm living, I'm living Pentecostal plus. Plus. Listen, saints, I don't want to be an Achan and start stealing a little bit of the Babylonian garments of Laodicea and have my family destroyed. It wasn't in Achan's mind to lose his children. He just thought he was going to get a little bit more security for the family. And what happened? He didn't realize that his cattle were going to be burned. His substance was going to be burned. His wife was going to be burned. His children were going to be burned. That was a part of the consequence. By disobeying the word. Oh, my loving brother, when the world's on fire. Maybe I have a slide here. Maybe this will help you. Flee the burning. We got it up there, Brother Aaron? There you go. That's pretty tough to read. Can you read that? Say, that's called the doomsday clock. That's after it's doomed. When the doomsday clock was created, notice the year that it was created. Same year that the message came out. 
You read it on your own message hub. 1947. The the bulletin has reset the minute hand on the doomsday clock 23 times. There's not going to be a nuclear war. There is going to be a nuclear war. There's not going to be a nuclear war. There is going to be a nuclear war. Tick, 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 tick. 27 times, 23 times. When the doomsday clock was created in 1947, the greatest danger to humanity came with the nuclear weapons. In particular, from the prospect that the United States and the Soviet Union were headed for a nuclear arms race. When did the clock hand move first? Well, after the Soviet Union successfully tested its first atomic bomb in 1949. Rabino Witch reset the uh, clock from seven minutes to midnight to three minutes to midnight. They say now humanity is 100 seconds away. Okay, next slide, please. The new bomb. They said you won't even have to go to war. You can't send anybody to war. The new bomb is 670,000 times bigger than the bomb that fell on Hiroshima. So they said, it doesn't destroy a city. It doesn't destroy a country. It destroys the continent. Oh, isn't that cheery? But before one bomb falls. He pursued you. He secured you. And it's taking you into a rapture. Can you imagine people waking up to that? (laughs) Think about it. They said it'll wipe out a continent. Next slide. The last and seventh vision was wherein I heard a most terrible explosion. As I turned to look, I saw nothing but debris, craters, and smoke all over the land of America. Next slide. In Hiroshima, 80,000 people died, 350,000 people injured. But the new bomb will destroy a whole continent. Satan in his laboratories. I, you can take that down because that's too. Um, they got real quiet on me, so I want to. Yeah, where are you going to run? Where are you going to hide? You know, when in 1963 in Chilliwack there were people m- building bomb shelters. I wonder what they do with them now. <laughs> I wonder what they do with them now. This bomb is going to destroy a continent, not a hundred feet down and way past a hundred feet down. Oh, my loving brother, when the world's on fire, don't you want God's bosom to be your pillow? This is what they let us know. I don't even want to know what we don't know. Safe and secure from all alarm, leaning, I'm leaning, leaning on his everlasting arms. You were always in the thought of God. You were always. We were, we always, as the prophet said, were. Brother Larry, think about it. We always were. A gene thought of God in his mind. We always were a part of God. We always were. And the reason we were, because we are part of God. And God is the only thing that's eternal. 
So if we are eternal, we have been with God. And always were a part of God. You always were. If you never were in God's thought, you will never be with God. Hmm. So there, there's the other side of the coin. If you never was in God's thoughts, you never would be with God. How many knows that he was a redeemer? Well, then anything redeemed has to be come back to where it fell. So if he come to redeem us, if he came to redeem us, how could we? One time didn't have to be redeemed. We were all born in sin, shaped in iniquity, come into the world. Speaking lies. It shows that the real Christian is an attribute of God's thinking. Before there was a world, a star, or air, or anything. Before there was a star, a world, or air, or anything. It's eternal. And he came to redeem us back. It's God's thought. Spoke into a word made manifest. Brought it, bringing us back to his thought. Oh, kinsman redeemer. That's the reason God came himself to become one of us. Nothing else could do it. An angel couldn't do it. Nothing else could do it. He had to come down and be tempted like we are to redeem us. So now... As we ended the last service, we are the sons of God, which is the thought of God manifest. Now we are the sons of God. Listen to what a prophet says here. This is in 1953. Now we are the sons of God. When? Question mark. Now! Exclamation mark. No, right now. Not Tomorrow, now. Now. I preached a message years ago. Now we are the sons of God. Now, not future, not past, now. So now here's a prophet saying, now we are the sons of God, right now. Now we are the sons of God. We're seated together in heavenly places. Now is the Holy Spirit here. Now we have eternal life. Will you get eternal life when you die, Brother Branham? I have it now. I now possess it. How? Jesus said so. Not Brother Tom Ray said so. Jesus said so. Jesus said so. Thus saith the Lord. So now here's a prophet catching the thought of God. It doesn't say, thus saith William Branham. What does the prophet speak? In the first person. Thus saith the Lord. Tomorrow? No. Now. Hmm. Hmm. I trust we walk out of here a little bit different. Oh. Brother Tom, can I just get another thought on a little, a little bit of a perspective here? If God has you in his thought, which he always does and never will lose you, because if you're eternal, you always were God. 
So then if you're on his thoughts continually, Amanda, think about it. He must care about you. Does he care? Yes, he cares. If God is in, or I'm in the thought of God, and I, and the sum of it, and what he thinks about me, I want to ask you a question, Sister Rena. Does he care about you? He loves you. Why? You are an object of his love, or he wouldn't come to you. And you could care less what Brother Eli says about you. Right? You could care less, could you? You even care less what I think about you. Because the only thought that matters is his thought about you. That's why people leave and they go their way. Because my friends left or my associates left. Who cares? I want the thought of God on the matter. What does the Bible say? What does the message say? People's gray matter get them in a lot of trouble. Period. Period. So I, I ask the question again. I, I ask it not because I'm slow. I just want to make a point. Does he care about you? If you're always on his mind, Curtis, don't you think that he thinks about you every moment? I mean, he's God. He can think about all of us at the same time. What a mighty God we serve. <laughs> Glory. So God cares about you. If he's thinking about you, he cares about you. What does the psalm say? Psalms 55 and 22. It says, cast your burden upon the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never allow the righteousness to be shaken. He will never allow the right. Your righteousness is his righteousness. It will not be shaken. Glory. Hallelujah. Listen, saints, this is, this might, this might be meat and potatoes, but you better get it down to the inner man. Cast all your burdens, all your cares upon the Lord. He will sustain you. So now Peter picks that up, casting all your cares on him, for he cares for you. <laughs> or now another translation says, casting all your anxiety. Wow. Where are you going, Brother Tom? Everything that's done, God cares. Oh, I'm all by myself. I don't know what I'm going to do. God does. Don't lean on your flesh. Lean on God. Motion. Conscience. Memory. Imagination. Conscience. Affection and reason. We dwell in that realm. Get out of that realm. You go to a faith realm. What did Job say? The Lord giveth. Okay, I won't, I won't look at you when I say it. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh. Oh, but that's just Job. That's not me. Hey. The Lord giveth, Sister Shirley, and the Lord taketh. What was his final revelation? Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. 
Casting all your care on him. Casting. That care means casting all your anxiety, all your worries, all your concerns. For he cares for you in the deepest of his affection. Oh, how I love him. Rejoice, David. Rejoice. God cares for you. Is it Bible? Is it Jesus? Is it the Word? Do you believe it? Then act on it. Hearing, believing, and acting on it. Hallelujah. Did everybody, you know, were you awake when I just said that or something? I don't want to be clouded here because I'm, I'm, I want to take the Scripture. Because we want to live Scripture because what He is, I am. So Scripture says, cast all your cares or all your anxiety, all your worry, all your concern, once and for all, on Him. Amen. For He cares about you with the deepest of affection, watching over you very carefully. But the Gilbert couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Brother Biscoe couldn't do it. But God can watch over you individually, moment by moment. Hallelujah. Believers, I got here. Who's a believer? Believers. Believers. You are to cast all. All worry. All care. All anxiety. Where? Upon the mighty God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He doesn't care for me. No. He careth for through sunshine or shadow. Brother Tim's been preaching on it. He hmm. Some of you said me and some said you. So the ones that said you must be in pretty good shape. Great. Believers are to cast all, entirety, all anxiety, all worries, all your concern. The emphasis is not on casting each individual anxiety, but casting the whole of one's life, one's life on him. I love him. Yes, sir. Jesus. Listen to this now. Everybody, am I am I taking too long here? I got no, and I got a yes, and I got a... I'm okay. They're still thinking that I'm an emergency. I'm okay. No, I didn't fall. We're casting our cares on him, Larry. Hmm? Jesus, Brother Rem says, cared enough for the message today... To bring these same things to pass, as he said, till he died and rose again, he sent them the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, to show his ministry today that he's still alive. He cared enough. He died for this ministry. Whoa, my. 
Jesus died for this ministry. So now we're moving it to the end. Not at the beginning when the Holy Ghost fell and the first church age took place. We're moving it to the end. Jesus died for this ministry. My, my, my. Jesus died for this ministry. He died in order that the Holy Spirit could be in this day to show these things because He cares for you. He sent this ministry because He cares for you. What a message we believe. What a messenger was so faithful. I love this message more this morning than I have in my whole entire life. People say, you're a real fanatic. Do you believe that Malachi 4 was a fulfillment through William Branham ministry? Amen. But we see so much discrepancies. Okay, Mr. Unbeliever, you're just a chicken. Oh, that one got really quiet on me. Come on, eagles. We're not chickens, we're eagles. Discrepancy, it's only between your ears. Because we follow this message by faith. And upon this rock, I'll build my church. And I cannot be shaken. I cannot be moved. God revealed it to us. Obviously, they didn't get it revealed to pretty obvious so now he died for this ministry he cared to bring it here he cares because he loves you he cared enough to do it to send the holy spirit to make this ministry today my evie isn't that amazing he dies for this ministry because he cared for you he sent you malachi 4 Behold, I send you, Andrew, Malachi 4. Amen. Amen. He sent this message because he cares for you. He cared enough to send the Holy Spirit to make this ministry today. That's how he proved he cared in that day. Because he come to vindicate what God said he would do. That's the reason the woman recognized him. She said, I know when the Messiah come, he's a prophet. When Messiah cometh, he'll tell us these things. He cared enough that he revealed himself to her and said, when the Messiah cometh, I that speaketh to thee am he. People don't even understand who's speaking. Oh, okay. God speaking through this ministry. Hmm. What is he doing? He cared enough about the word of God to vindicate her. That turned real quickly, didn't it? I saved that one to last. He sent this ministry to vindicate you. His bride. His elected lady. <laughs> his attributed thought, his attribute thought being manifested. He sent this message to vindicate you. Does he care for you? That's a weak one. Does he care for me? Yes! He cares for me. Lord, do you care for me? Do you care for every part of me? My thoughts, my body, my spirit, my soul. Do you care for me? 
Of course he does. That's why he sent this ministry. To vindicate you. I was thinking the other day, and I think Brother Aaron McGeary said it years ago at, the, at, a, at a camp. I think, I remember what year it was. It was just into our, we've been married 44 years the other day. 44 years. And I, I, I look at my sons, and they're not even 44 years old. This is a long time, but to me it feels like yesterday. And yesterday, my wife bought me my first seat library that cost thousands of dollars, thousands of dollars. And I had a chest of drawers. I, I had six drawers, and I filled them all up, and I lined them all up. One, two, three, one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And that was drawer number 1947 to 1951. The next drawer was 1952 to 1959. The next drawer, now 1961, he preached a lot of messages, folks. And I opened that as 61 drawer. Then I got 62, 63 drawer. Then I got 64 and 65 drawer. Thousands of dollars. Now, you know how much I valued those tapes? A lot. Because my wife scrimped and saved to get it for me for an anniversary present. But now, you don't even have to pay nothing. No. You can have it on your phone. You can download it. Whatever app you want, whatever language you want. And sometimes that's the way people treat it. But because of, for me, the value of it was great, I cherished those tapes. Sometimes I just opened the door and started at the titles. And I'd, have them, I'd be preaching at myself on every title, Brother Mike. I'd just be looking at those titles and say, Yes! What's the Holy, given, Holy Ghost given for? Me! I wasn't looking at what the Holy Ghost was given for in, in back in the book of Acts. I'm looking for me. What is the Holy Ghost given for? Me. So I start reading. And, I, I said, and it's too much. I just walk around the room. Glory to God. Glory to God. Have you listened that? Just read the titles lately? Go do it. You'll have a revival. Just the titles will blow your mind. But again, because you cherish it. Because you cherish it. You love it. You love it. Behold, I send you, Elijah. I sent this ministry for you. Because I cared for you, Victoria. Sharon, I cared for you. I'm going to put you in a home. That gene pool started to go down and watched over your great-great-great-grandmother and watched over your great-great-great-grandfather. And they couldn't die until that seed went on. And that seed passed another seed passed. Because you had to be here. Hallelujah. God watches over your whole lineage. So that you could be here today. And rejoice in the presence of God. But in the days of the voice. Of the seventh angel when he shall begin to sound. The mystery of God should be finished. So now we're coming to the end. He delayeth no longer. Well, you say, well, he's been delaying a long a time since you got saved, Brother Tom, 75. There's a, Brother Biscoll is longer than me. And there's other people longer than me. Other brothers and sisters longer than me. But to God, what is 50 years? In eternities, what is? It's not even a, a, a point of an end of a sentence. Not even a dot in time. 
But we're so time-oriented. So he sent Malachi 4 because he cares for you. He sent a message to keep you under the blood. Now, Brother Tom, how much does he care for you? Well, why don't we just close with this scripture here, Matthew 6 and 8. We'll pick it up on another time because there's now not only what God's thought is about us. If you read the next verse, it's about what our thoughts are to him. And that is a huge subject in itself. Matthew 6 and 8. Matthew 6, verse 8. Does he care? He says, don't be like them. Don't be like those Pharisees, if you want to read before that. Be not ye therefore like unto them. He's talking about the Pharisees. For your father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask him. Huh? Isn't that a, a wonderful God we serve? He knows exactly what we need even before we even ask. <laughs> what are you worried about? Why have anxiety? Is he in control or is not control? I would have to say and voice my opinion if you want my opinion or shall I take a word stand? God's in control. He's a mighty God. So now, I thought that was going to be my last scripture, but it is not because I haven't finished that thought. Philippians 4 and 6, don't turn. Don't turn. Philippians says, and if you read it just as the way that it is, you'll miss it. Do not fret or do not. I gave you my answer already. Be careful for nothing. Why? But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. But even before you ask, He already knows what you're going to ask. Amen. So now, Paul is writing to the Philippians, don't worry about it. Don't have any anxiety. So now we're just going back to, does he care? Don't have anxiety. This is Bible. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. But in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer, petition, give your request with thanksgiving and continue to make your wants known to God. So yes, he wants to hear from you. But he knows before you even ask what you're going to say. But my God cares. Just ask. So it goes on to say, and God's peace shall be Yours. Mm, nice way to end. And God's peace will be yours. When? When you cast all your cares upon him. When you throw all your anxieties on him. And your, all your concerns about him. Throw it on him. Because he's a omnipotent God. Peace shall be yours. A tranquil state shall be your portion. So fearing nothing from God, but being content with this earthly lot of whatever sort that is, that peace which transcends all understanding shall garrison and mount guard over your hearts and minds in Christ.
Jesus. I'll stop on this one because I want you to know something. That's God, that actually, this is how the message got started, and I went off on this direction. My beloved is mine, and I am his. I am my beloved, and I am his. The Song of Solomon is such a beautiful book. And it's talking about a relationship of Christ and his bride. But now it's come out to be spoken. I am my beloved's. That's his thought of me. I am his bride. That's his thought. But now what's your thought? He is mine. So now we've heard about the thought of God and Lord willing, we'll like to go into now what our thoughts are of that and how our actions are now being Portrayed by our thoughts. And what you indeed think of him. If you think of him a lot. You will love his body. Mm. For we read in the scripture. As brother Dan Daisley once said to us. No man hated his own flesh yet. You got to love the body. You've got to love the church of the living God. You have to love him because it's him in the body. I am my beloved's and he is mine. When you found it, musicians, why don't you come? When you have found it and you know him and you have relationship with him, nobody or no doctor, no, nothing is going to shake you. Just as they come, I just wrote down here. Before I was saved, I wanted God. I didn't know where to find him, Sam. I didn't have a clue where God was. But he knew where I was. And that's why, as Brother Briscoe to say, and sing, he came to me. And I didn't even know, but all I knew is that if you had it or didn't have it, and I, ha- I was working with this gentleman who c- came from the church of the Nazarene. And his name was Jim. And Jim, you know, he knew that I was a wayward boy. And he said, Tom, you need God. And he would say that to me all the time. Tom, you need God. Tom, you need God. Don't go out with the rest of the crew here at, on a Friday night. Just, you need God. And but everything that he did was mournful. There was no joy in his actions. There was nothing. And he said, well, you need God. I said, but Jim, I said, when I find it, I'll let you know. And he looked at me a little bit shocked. I said, you don't got it. 
Because if you got it, I'd want what you got, and I don't not want what you got. And he looked at me. And so a year later, Jesus found me. So I came running back into Safeway. I came back working at, at the job, and I said, Jim, I found it. Or should I say, he found me. And he didn't know, want what I want. He said, no, you're just a little bit fanatical. So Brother Ken and I, he said, well, I'll bring my minister to talk to you. And a deacon to talk to you. I've been just saved a couple of months. Is that right, Brother Ken? Two, three months? And I said, sure, why don't you come over to my mom and dad's house? They're away in Hawaii and my, the house is mine. So they came, the deacon, the minister, another elder, and they sat down and talked to me. And, and we had just made it at the radio broadcast identifying our messenger. So I just hand that out when I was witnessing to anybody. And I said, I have a tape for you and I have a book for you called The Godhead Explained. And I handed it to him and he said, what is this? He said, I said, this is, this is a prophet. He said, a what? I said, a prophet. And I said, he said, why do we need a prophet? Why do we need a prophet? I said, why don't we need a prophet? And so Brother Ken would say something and then I would say something and then he would say something. And finally, he said, well, what would a prophet, why would we need a prophet? I said, because you don't even know who God is. He says, what? I said, you don't even know who God is. When you pray, who do you pray to? Well, sometimes the Father, sometimes the Son, and sometimes the Holy Spirit. I said, so you got a triune God. No, 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 no. It's like a grape cluster. Grape cluster, okay. That was too deep for me anyways. So I said, no. I said, God sent a prophet so that you could know who God was. He jumped to his feet, swore at me. I said, yeah, hey, you're in my mom and dad's house. You can't say those words. He's a minister. And so Jim looks at him. He looks at me. And he, he goes, Pastor, you shouldn't be saying those kind of words. <laughs> hey, when I got saved, those words went. And so you are identified with who you think of. So now, saints of God, I just want to prod you forward to this next step. What do you think of Your thoughts will betray you because your words will come from your thoughts. Your actions and your deeds tell me and the body and Christ what you think of him. Is he altogether lovely this morning? I say he's altogether lovely. Let's stand, please. He is altogether lovely. Skipping over the mountain, all over the hill he runs. How do you run? It's manifesting time. It's, it's manifesting time. The fruit are on the vine and the lovely one. He's coming in plain
here's some homework for you, class. Are you ready for it? I'd like you to listen to Messiah. And then once you're finished, read Christ the Mystery God Revealed. And then after that, I want you to listen to Masterpiece. Then after that, it's the rising of the sun and invisible union. You say, well, Brother Tom, that's a lot of, that's what I did. Class. <laughs> you get these ones down into your inner man and we'll have a revival. This is not something to say that I just happen to believe. It's the one in whom I do believe. Young people, get started in your own library. You start getting those books that are out there and you start getting volume 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. Whatever you got to do, get the word and get it in you. Well, what was that? What's the word going to do? Well, I'll tell you what the word's going to do. Because the Bible says here in Romans 6 and 14, for sin shall not have dominion over you. For you are not under the law, but under grace. For sin will have no, will not be a master over you. So now the Bible says this. And then a prophet turns around and says, put Satan under your feet. You say, oh, I admire Brother Branham. But Brother Branham played his part. He preached a message to turn your heart. But now you're to digest that message. You take the book and you eat it. You say, oh, I listened to that one tape five years ago. Well, then pick up that tape and listen to it tomorrow. Digest it. Make it a habit. Get off of what you're doing that doesn't matter. But you get into Christ and you just watch those spiritual muscles start growing. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, just took a little thought this morning just to maybe speak from my heart to try and edify the bride of Christ, to strengthen them in the faith, to take some time, Lord, and think about what this is all about in our lives. Paul scribed down in Philippians 2. Let this mind, let the thoughts of God take over their being, Lord. And by what they think and how they act, it will be how you are being portrayed within their lives. Simple, but yet profound. Lord, not only do we want to be hearers of the word, but we want to be doers, clothed. Clothed with that performance to action that we might be a reflection of you and that we can take the sum of the thought of God and realize who we are in Christ would you help and strengthen and guide and lead your children take all the anxieties their fears and complexes away from them Lord and let them tear as the prophet said the other day just tear into the kingdom of God for the violent indeed take it by force. So Lord, I'm praying now you'll go with us an afternoon that we can reflect on these things. May we ponder it and may we rededicate our lives 
into the very likeness of Christ. Father, go with us now, we pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So I'm casting all my cares on you. Oh, I know he loves me. time who cares or what's the other explanation whatever whatever don't get that attitude here don't whatever brother Tom no 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 he cares he's focused and you are on his thoughts every moment of the day in this terrible self-centered age that we've got it's all about me age just remember Forget about yourself and think of him. He's the one I'm casting all my cares on. Shake one another's hand. We can do that again. Greet one another. Say God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Then all my cares on him. I know you love me. God bless you, buddy.
Thank you.